Time for our monthly talk about you and your money. As I'm joined today by principal and managing partner Jim Zahansky from Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors to talk about the COVID-19 economic relief bill. As many of you saw in the news, the second pandemic-related stimulus package was signed in December. And today, Jim Zahansky will walk us through what we need to know about the bill and how it can help you as we continue to navigate through the pandemic financially. But before we dive into our main topic, good morning to Jim, and what's happening in the financial markets as we start a new year? Wayne, good morning and Happy New Year. Happy 2021 to you. Are you having a good first week of 2021? You know, the definition of good is a, is, is becoming new, but uh, I'm as good as I can be, and I'm healthy, and uh, my family is as well, so um, it's a good start. All right, and how the market's starting off in the first week of 2021? Uh, good, good question. Um, I mean, I had planned on kind of looking back at 2020 and, and talking a bit about the, uh, the, the strength of the markets despite the pandemic. But I will let you do both, Jim. You can do 2020 and 2021 on this program. We give you total freedom. <laughs> that's, why, that's why we love your show, Wayne. Um, you know, it's probably worth starting for a minute just talking a bit about yesterday's uh, actions in, in D.C. as Congress looked to certify Joe Biden as as the next president and, and talk a bit about what that means in the context of also the Georgia Senate runoff. And so, so let's start with what 2021 might look like, um, you know, and, and it, in the context of what 2021 starts as. It starts as, uh, in the markets at least, this is the financial markets, it's looking at economic indicators that have been improving throughout the pandemic, specifically uh, the increase you know, in, in uh, employment by people. Those are starting to increase and have increased, uh, although the unemployment rate remains high and stimulus is important. Um, we have seen progress on employment levels. We've also seen progress on business spending. And we've seen uh, fairly strong consumer confidence, all things in economic indicators that drive markets. And so we're entering the, the, mar- the, the year 2021 with that backdrop. We're also entering the year with the backdrop of uh, hope on COVID vaccines and the end of a pandemic at some point in 2021 uh, as we look to build herd immunity. So those are all really positive strengths. Um, the market seems to also have digested the change in the presidency, uh, as in November, Joe Biden was elected as the next president. And, uh, you know, Congress was being, um, uh, at least on, on the House side, we already knew it was Democrat. And then yesterday's um, final runoff results from the Georgia Senate results now indicate a Democrat-controlled Senate as well. So, you know, the question there in everyone's mind uh, is, what does that mean from a policy point of view? And with the actions in D.C. yesterday, it's clear we have a fairly divided nation and, and one that, um, you know, is on, on uh, deep ends of, of both sides of the Democrat and Republican, uh, um, you know, world that we're living in. What it means for markets, though, and this is really important, there's a difference between political headlines and what drives markets. And markets are, are largely driven by the fact that uh, economic indicators indicate whether or not companies can succeed and their valuations of those companies can go up over time. And so when we think about that, 
<clears throat> what does it mean if we have a uh, you know Democrat-controlled Congress and presidency? Well, I mean, what it probably means in the short term. Um, here, here's some here's some of the good stuff. Uh, is that stimulus checks probably get higher, and that the stimulus impact uh, of the recent bill, there's probably more stimulus coming to people and businesses uh, in the near term. So markets are going to like that. I mean, that might also mean that there's higher spending on infrastructure, uh, which which could be very good for our country, uh, and it probably also means that there's federal help for states and municipalities due to COVID, who are bearing a big big expense. There's probably, uh, on the bad side of this, we'll have to watch two things. We're going to have to watch uh, tax and regulatory policy as we go forward. You know, what, how much tax are we paying? How much tax are companies paying? And, uh, and we'll have to watch that and see, see what uh, the administration does with that. But in the end, uh, you know, despite the control of the Democrats, you probably have still fairly mainstream policies in the sense that Yes, the Senate will be controlled by Democrats with the tying, broke, uh, uh, tying vote being the, the vice president, but the reality is you still have um, a fairly strong Republican representation, and uh, you know, if it's a 50-50 it's a um, scenario where your VP is breaking the, the tie, um, you, know, you only need one defector on the Democratic side to not move legislation forward. So, you know, and, and in the House, uh, the Democratic majority is certainly still there, but not to the same degree it was. So, you know, it isn't going to be an absolute policy slam dunk on the Democratic side. Although, to be frank, I mean, the major changes is now that they're driving what happens in the Senate and pushing uh, legislation forward versus um, what was happening in the Trump administration. So, you know, I, I, in the end, markets are digesting this very well in the sense that they're liking the fact that there's probably greater support for people, which will increase spending and allow companies to recover more quickly coming out of the pandemic. That's the short-term issue of this change, uh, and it's positive. In the, uh, in the long term, we're going to have to watch our own tax policy, the tax policy of companies, and how uh, regulation goes uh, across uh, policy for, for this new administration. Jim Zahansky is here, Principal Managing Partner from Weiss, Hale & Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, located in Pomfret this morning, as we've talked about some of the recent events that have taken place, especially in the nation's capital. And I'm just uh, kind of wondering, in general, regarding the pandemic, which is now, what, going on its 10th or 11th month, I'm intrigued by the fact that we seem to be getting more spikes. The numbers are going up, yet the market is going up. And you would think, logically, Jim, that that might cause it to go the other way because of nervous investors. Why is it the market seems to keep going even though the numbers keep spiking? Yeah, I mean, good good question. And, and just to kind of put a wrap on the discussion on D.C., I mean, the important piece that came out yesterday, despite what was an unorderly uh, lawlessness, so to speak, um, there, you know, we have a peaceful and orderly transition of power in place, uh, and, and that's really critical. And transitioning now to what your question is, which is we have more people getting sick and infected and dying, and that's uh, un the unfortunate part of the pandemic, and it's really important that each of us talking and listening need to do what's right and you know wear masks and social distance and limit interactions. But the market is responding mainly due to the fact that it, it's driven by economic indicators. So 
that you might remember that uh, in, in this seems like uh, uh, you know already many months ago, but it was just at the end of December that uh, Congress passed an additional COVID economic relief bill, so more stimulus, right? And so remember, markets are driven by the fact that can companies uh, perform, and how can they perform? Well, if more people have more money, so there's going to be stimulus coming to them. And in, and in theory, more people are back to work than they were, uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. And businesses, um, while, while many are hurt from this pandemic, there are some that are really thriving. And so um, business confidence is high. And when you think of interest rates being low, uh, you know, money is fairly cheap. Capital investments are being made by certain companies, by certain people. And so these economic indicators are really what's driving the strength of the market because the markets are always a forward-looking mechanism. So while all of the pandemic-related chaos is happening and people are getting sick, the market is looking forward from that towards the idea that there will be an end to the pandemic with vaccinations and with more people being infected will reach herd immunity uh, you know, by mid-year perhaps. And if that's the case, then then there's going to be a surge of spending and a surge of travel and the things we weren't able to do when it's safe to do it, more people will begin to do it because there's such pent-up demand to spend. So two weeks ago, we got the COVID-19 economic relief bill. What assistance in this bill is there to help individuals and families? Yeah, a good question. There's a lot that we could we could talk about. It's a big bill, 5,500 pages, uh, and it was you know signed into law December 27th, as you said, Wayne. I'm going to focus on uh, direct payments to people, uh, as well as increased unemployment aid. We're going to focus on uh, support for small businesses, particularly those who need it. I know there are many that are struggling that are probably listening today. Uh, and then thirdly, school relief, which is important. I mean, how many times have we heard in person or not, and it keeps switching? All of that takes time, resources, uh, and money in addition to having great teachers and great people who are willing to help. Um, so I'm going to focus on those three areas, Wayne, and I, I think it's probably good to start with direct payments to people. So those that are listening, there will be direct payments uh, via stimulus check and it's, and, and it's basically similar to what happened back in April of 2020. So if you uh, accept the amount is slightly different. So if you're an individual with adjusted gross income when you filed in 2019 um, of less than 75000 your payment is going to be $600. If you filed your taxes as the head of household with less uh, adjusted gross income, less than 112500 your payment will be five hundred. I'm sorry, six hundred dollars as well. Um, if you filed married filing jointly, and your adjusted gross income in 2019, when you filed your taxes, was below one hundred and fifty thousand, then your payment amount is twelve hundred dollars. In addition, families will receive an extra six hundred per child that's younger than age seventeen. And so, um, while there are you know uh, reductions of when when your income exceeds these thresholds. Um, you, you know, you, there's still a chance you'll receive a, a reduced stimulus check based on your income as you filed in 2019. So there's money coming. Again, and this links back to my previous comments, which is these, these money are designed to help people spend and help them get through the pandemic, which markets like. There may be additional stimulus coming to people 
considering the more recent uh, and upcoming transition of power to Joe Biden. We'll have to watch that. In terms of unemployment benefits, there are still significant number of unemployed people, probably many listeners on this show and, and across the country, um, and we need to get back to you know, pre-COVID employment levels. But until we can do that, um, really what there's an expansion of the unemployment benefits in this bill. And so uh, people who, who remain unemployed um, will, will get an additional weekly uh, compensation uh, of $300 per week, and that'll last until March 14th of this year. Um, and so, you know, you're basically able to get additional um, uh, money for a longer period of time if you're unemployed right now to help help you out and get through this pandemic. Now, last year, there were the $1,200 checks. Right now, it's at the $600 level. Jim, could some who did not get the stimulus of $1,200 in 2020 get a check this time? You know, it, it probably not. It, it's going to be based on the 2019 tax filing. Both were. Um, there is, though, you know, um, uh, an ability to, um, you know, contest this, so to speak, or to make the case if you're adversely affected. Um, that process, though, I'm imagining is not going to be a quick process. Um, so remember, this, both the stimulus uh, payouts are based on the 2019 tax filing, right? So um, if you received the check in 2020, it was still based off the 2019 tax filing. This one is as well. And those um, filings and statuses based on the adjusted gross income really are, are what determines your payout amount, Wayne. This does hit close to home as we've seen families in our local area utilizing services that they would not have used in the past. So I'm hopeful that this can help families in need. What about local businesses, Jim? Are there any with the new bill? Yeah, I mean, similar, I mean, businesses, and and depending on what sector you're in, uh, there are many that are hard hit. And and hopefully, um, you know, this additional money through the Small Business Administration's uh, Paycheck Protection Program um, it received about $284 billion in additional funding. So, you know, there is money in, in, in this for small businesses, and those are defined as employing 500 or fewer people. Um, and they are now eligible for these forgivable government-backed small business loans uh, through the Small Business Administration um, and, and typically through your local lender. Um, if businesses received this PPP money back in, in April or May of last year, they still can apply for a second loan, um, but they'll be subject to more stringent qualifications. Now, the criteria for this is really as if your business has had, um, you know, a, a fairly strong loss versus 2019, somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 30% loss of revenue. Um, and that means that you've been hard hit and can apply for this forgivable loan. And that's, uh, that's obviously an important one. If you want more information, if you're a business owner listening, uh, you can go to our website, which is whzwealth.com, or go to the um, Small Business Association's website, which is sba.gov. Well, that's good that there are more funds allocated to small businesses to help keep their employees on payroll and operate their businesses. Jim, you mentioned that funding would be allocated to schools. Are they getting the funding they need? Well, I mean, uh, that's a question of how they get in the funding they need. There is going to be $54 billion that's available uh, in this bill for K-12 through uh, public schools, and, uh, and that this will hopefully help the schools allocate funds because, you know, we, we, we should first recognize that uh, schools are, are doing uh, the best they can 
they're navigating through whether they can uh, you know, manage the pandemic and learning. And this is a very important area as we focus on our, our children and their development, both uh, um, from an education point of view and, and a mental health one. But, you know, schools are having to deal with buying personal protection equipment, right, for staff and students. They're needing to fix ventilation systems to make sure they're COVID-friendly. Um, internet speeds are probably more important than ever and range of those. And then um, getting proper equipment to students. I mean, think about how many students in, in um, lower socioeconomic areas don't have the appropriate uh, laptops and things to participate in online learning. So these funds are designed to help those schools do that. And hopefully these funds can be distributed quickly to help schools and, and students and teachers and administrators get through these trying times. Jim, there seems to be a fair amount of support for increasing this relief bill from a $600 check to a $2,000 check. If that goes through, and I would assume it would be sooner rather than later, but if that goes through, it's a pretty good bet, wouldn't it be, that that would spike the market as well? Well, right, and that's why you're seeing, you know, if you're watching the markets and you're saying, oh, well, you, you know, uh, you have a, a Democratic-controlled Congress, which is um, you know, markets tend to like a, a mixed government, um, but in this case, what's happening you're seeing is that Democrats are probably going to spend more, right, in the short term, which could have longer term implications that we need to watch, but markets are responding to your point that we could get through this pandemic more quickly should we spend more, right? You're, you're, if you're giving more to people, more to businesses, and then uh, you're also looking to accelerate uh, you, you know, money to municipalities to more quickly distribute uh, vaccines and make sure that everything is on point related to those vac vaccinations, then in theory, um, you know, people are able to then get through and become employed more quickly. And that's why when you think of markets and they're forward looking, that's why they're, they're liking this. Now, we're not saying it's going to be all rosy in the markets. There are always risks. And, and uh, you know, and we'll, it, it's likely to be volatile meaning there could be large swings all the way through to the end of the pandemic and beyond. And that's what markets are. Um, you're generally rewarded over the long term for the risk you take, but there are going to be risks in the market for sure. And you mentioned the vaccine, and that got rolled out, I believe it was December the 14th. We should probably just hit that a little bit too. Did the market spike in the last three weeks since the vaccine came out? Because you would think that is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, no, um, very, very intuitive to you. There's, there's certainly a, a vaccine bolstering because to your, you, this idea of ending the pandemic sooner really means greater economic activity in the global markets. And that is why markets are happy about the uh, vaccines and the, and the idea that there could be more of them um, because in theory, the quicker we can get through, you know, uh, pandemic-related economic challenges, the more ability markets have to perform at higher levels. When people get, and maybe some already have, gotten that $600 relief check, do you anticipate them putting it back in the economy, and that would include paying rent, paying mortgage, things like that, or is there a percentage of them, maybe you've seen them already, who use that money to invest, meaning they're adding to or creating investments with your company? It's, you know, it's a tough one to answer. I mean, there are so many people right now, you know, you hear from folks that say, you know, you really can't spend as much money as you were because you can't do anything. 
So I think it's a mixed bag. I mean, there are many people in our in our listening area and, and others who who are really struggling just to make ends meet. And I think that these stimulus checks are designed to help those people. And then for those people who who may not be spending as much but still have the fortune of of, of having a job and having their normal income during the the pandemic, this may be um, something that's additional. So without being able to do much. Um, they may increase their savings. Uh, they may increase their savings ability at their bank account. Some do want to invest it. So I really think it's, it gets back to what your own personal situation is. And if you're getting by and haven't been affected by the pandemic from a, an employment point of view, this is probably like a little bonus. Um, but but for those that are, and many people that are affected, it's a necessary uh, amount of money to help keep them going. I'm reading a little bit of optimism in your comments today. Am I reading that right? And what are some of the key takeaways from today's segment? Yeah, I, I think it's it's hard when you uh, look at the headlines to be um, op- optimistic. But when you consider why I'm optimistic from markets, and that's an important context, right? Um, and when we think about this from our investment committee, um, we're looking at economic indicators that drive markets. And um, when you have a situation we're going into where you know, you can you can increase employment of people and and have them earn money, and that you know you start to see the employment unemployment numbers go down. That means people can spend more, and that consumers become more confident, and that drives markets because that drives companies' sales. Not not all of them, right? Some some there will be certain parts of the market that don't perform, um, but that's important. And also, um, you know, stimulus money in the short term, infrastructure spending. And largely an end to the pandemic sometime this year. Those are all um, fairly, you know, important items to make sure that markets can perform long term. So I, it's, I'm confident we can get through the transition of power uh, and, you know, watch the policies of the new administration in the U.S. We'll get through the pandemic at some point this year from a, at least from a herd immunity point of view. We don't know what it means from you know, public health point of view, we'll have to watch that and, and watch to make sure we're taking precautions as appropriate. Um, but and, and then lastly, you know, it gives companies the chance to perform and people's um, ability to interact again. I'm, I'm confident at some point when we get through this and then everyone's having, a, a, you know, um, hopefully get to see each other, which is, a, which is my goal for 2021 is to see you again. In the studio, not this phone stuff, right? Exactly. I miss you, buddy. Well, a good time of discussion about the COVID-19 economic relief bill with Jim Zahansky. Jim, thanks for checking in, and we'll get you guys next month. Yeah, Wayne, thanks so much for having me. Talk to you soon. Always a pleasure. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors, Principals, Managing Partners, James A. Zahansky, A-W-M-A, and Lawrence Hale, A-A-M-S-C-R-P-S, along with Vice President, Associate Financial Advisor, Lizel L. Cording, CFP, offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, 06259. The phone number is 860-928-2341. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. 
Content is sourced and researched through 2020 Commonwealth Financial Network. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, please visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.